Welcome back to another episode of GEMS Podcast with Genesis Amaris Kemp, where the core pillars are to educate, inspire, and motivate. Sit back, relax, and enjoy this segment. Welcome back to GEMS Podcast. For those of you that are new to the community, I am Miss Genesis Amaris Kemp, the founder and host. For those seasoned listeners, thank you so much for listening to another segment. With me today is a very special guest by the name of Erin Olilla, and she is definitely multifaceted and multidimensional, so that's one way that we connect. And I'm going to tell you a little bit more about her. She believes in the power of words and how a message can inform and even transform its intended audience. Her work can be found all over the internet, woohoo, and <laughs> in print and includes interviews, ghostwriting, copywriting, and creative nonfiction. Erin is a geek for SEO, for those of you that search engine optimization and all things content marketing. She graduated from Fairfield University with an MFA in creative writing and now hosts the Talk Copy to Me podcast. So without further ado, let's welcome on this woman that is well-rounded all the way around. Erin Olilla. Hey, thank you so much for having me. My pleasure, Erin. And one thing that we're going to do is before we get into the work that you're doing, we're going to allow you to connect with the audience in a fun and personal manner. So are yes. you ready? I am ready. There are two options. We could either do a rapid fire 10 question game, emphasis on rapid. Okay. An icebreaker. We'll do the rapid fire one. I'm ready. I feel I feel prepared for this. Here we go. We're playing rapid fire with Genesis and Aaron. Do, 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 do. Question one, what is your favorite color? Blue. Question two, if you had the opportunity to trade places with anyone, would you trade places or remain yourself? If I could trade places for a, like a short period of time, like a day and then come be back to myself. And if not, 100% stay myself. Okay. Who would you trade places with then for a day? Oh man, this is going to trip me up now. Um, I would, I would like to, if possible, maybe make us like a one, once a month activity where I could pick different people every month. But one person that I'm adoring right now is Tara McMullen. She has, um, she runs the What Works Network and a couple other different companies. And she just wrote a book that I think is just so good. And because of that, I want to be Tara for a day. Question three, are your eyes green? Sometimes. That's a great question. Sometimes they are. Um, Actually, if you were, I think, I don't even know if licenses say this, but I thought my eyes were blue my whole life until about teenage years. Everyone was like, no, they're green. No, they're blue. So they're, they change. Um, And that's really cool. No one's ever asked me that. And I feel like really excited that the world can know this now. Yes. I asked because I'm looking at your sweater and your eyes are brought out because of the sweater that you're wearing. So I'm very absorb- observant. <laughs> Thank you. Question four. The vibe is right. You're in your happy place listening to music. What are you jamming out to? Ooh, right now it would be Hamilton, the Hamilton soundtrack. Um, I probably know it by heart, but I also love the Bridgerton soundtrack, which is just um, like pop music, but that's done in like an orchestra, orchestra style and Lizzo. Those are my top three at the moment. Oh, my 
my gosh. Speaking of Lizzo, I had concert tickets for her when it was a youth and livestock show on rodeo. And because of COVID, it got canceled. So I was like, oh, oh my gosh. That's awful. She's what? someone I would love to see live in concert. Like there, you, no one could say anything negative about her because I would just be like, yeah, I don't believe you. And I'll never trust another thing that you say from now on. Well, we're going to make this question five. Sing a, Liz- a Lizzo song, like a brief stanza. Okay. Um, why men something when they gotta do something? Why am I not remembering this? This is, this is like, I know every word to every song. What's my favorite part about like the guy being in the DMs? I don't know. I'm blanking on this one. This is the failed question. We're going to have to come back to that. Thank you. <laughs> and then I'll sing the whole, the whole soundtrack word for word for you. I just remember the part that said feeling good as hell. <laughs> Um, the I can give you a little tidbit here is that like one thing that kills me about Amazon Music and Amazon's like products is it plays explicit lyrics and I have two young girls four and seven currently and I I, I don't mind swear words in the slightest but when you want to listen to Lizzo you want to listen loudly and there is not there's a lot of bad words in there so my kids will come into the kitchen while I'm like doing my dishes and they'll I'll be like oh no <laughs> oh no but yeah so my kids have grown up with Lizzo and swear words oh god but hey if it works it works I'll all you have to do is just like me being a new mom, just tell the kids, these are words that you hear, not repeat, yeah. but <laughs> no joke. Perfect parenting answer. Like I'll tell them like, Hey, these are normal words. Humans say these all the time. There's nothing quote unquote bad about them, but in order to be respectful, we just try not to say them regularly, except when mom is singing them as loud as she can while doing the dishes. <laughs> Question six. What is one piece of parenting advice you would give to a new or seasoned parent? Oh, new parent, I would absolutely say that you shouldn't necessarily follow any advice that's given to you because if there's anything I believe, it's like, it's just so hard and what works for one person doesn't work for another and what works for one baby one week won't work the next. So it's kind of like go day by day and just be grace, like graceful, I'm mean, not graceful, have grace with yourself to get through those moments. And for a seasoned parent, I think it's, we have to put our kids, maybe this is advice I'm giving to myself. We have to put our kids um, in the driver's seat sometimes and allow them to make mistakes and learn from them. You know, I found that one thing I did, especially with my youngest two, is I my anxiety rubbed off to keep them safe. But for at least knowing you, you have a young child, one thing I could say is like, it's babies and toddlers especially learn like what is safe from climbing and falling and um what they're capable of so instead of me always being like you be careful be careful um i wish that i kind of gave them more encouragement to do safe unsafe things and i also have a 16 year old who is driving so speak of the driver's seat um that's a wild experience as a parent for the first time and it's been really nice to put the trust in when I have zero control of driving as a passenger I love that that's really good advice and now the rest of them are gonna be rapid okay so let's go to seven okay what's your drink of choice coffee tea or something else coffee and water Question. Sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. That's cool. That's cool. We all have to have that H2, like oh, Coyote Ugly. <laughs> Eight. <laughs> favorite movie or book? Oh, favorite book would be um, 
Drinking a Love Story by Caroline Knapp. Okay. Nine. What is your happy place? In bed. And I know that sounds a little crazy, but I literally, I love falling asleep and I love waking up and just that like cozy feeling when you're half asleep and half awake. So that's my favorite place. And question 10. It is our pass or play question. And here are the rules. If you pass, our rules are reversed and you get to ask me a question. If you play, I ask one last question. Okay, so I, on my podcast, I I do a lot of questions like this where I'm always asking other people things and I'm just having a blast right now being the person to respond. So give it to me, I'll play. Okay, last question. I see a painting in the back. Did you do a painting with a twist or a Pinot palette? Uh, no, I, you meaning like, did I paint it myself and that's how this came? No, I did yeah. not. This is a Laurel and Kate um, painting that I wanted for the longest time. I'm totally forgetting the artist's name, but I'd love to send it to you because she has, she's just so incredible. Um, and I went on so many Zoom calls and recognized it was so boring in the background. So I was like, I'm going to find the most color that I could potentially find. And that's what this is. And you just completed Rabbit Fire with Genesis. So audience, <laughs> I hope you got to learn a little bit more about Erin in a fun and personal way. So we just connected and she connected with you. Now we're going to focus on the meat and potatoes of the conversation, which is the work that she's doing. SEO, search engine optimization, dealing with ADHD, as well as being successful as a mom who's juggling various things while at home and while, you know, meeting her clients' expectations and et cetera. So let's jump into SEO because a lot of people are getting all these SEO people reaching out to them in their inbox. Some may be spam, some may be phishing. Why did you fall in love with SEO? I love that question. I think I fell in love with SEO a long time ago when there was a lot more data, um, freely given data from places like Google of keyword search and stuff like that. And, and here's why. It was me kind of gamifying my work, if that makes any sense, right? So I would say, okay, here's the search volume. Here's the competition. And I'd have to make decisions, strategic decisions on like what would work best. So let's say I was going to create 10, 10 blogs for a company, I would set them up strategically. So that way at the end of all 10, once they published and I could start to collect data on them, I could see which of my methods worked best and why. So it was just in a sense, fun to try to prove myself right and prove myself wrong and then learn from those things. Oh, nice. So is this something that you fell into, Erin? Or because it sounds like you were kind of, you with you wanting to prove yourself right or wrong, it was like you set up your own KPIs, your key performance indicator to see, okay, does this work well or does this work well? And if not, what can I do to really drive the data around it? Is Am I correct there? Yeah, so I would say in some ways I set up the, the KPIs on my own. In others, there are some pretty standard marketing KPIs that you'll get when it comes to almost anything, SEO, email marketing, any of those. So 
The answer is I fell into it slightly because after getting my MFA in creative writing, which I expected to go straight into teaching college, I ended up working for a company that created blog content for medium-sized businesses, and they are who trained me in SEO. So I came from the writing background to then learn this like technical SEO background. And I think that was one of the best blessings ever professionally I've had because I am a firm believer that there are different segments of writers and marketers, and it is rare that you have, not that I'm trying, this doesn't sound too modest here, but it's rare that you have like people who can live in all of the worlds or multiple worlds at once, right? There are some great conversion copywriters that don't understand SEO. There are some, and I, I mean, I could give that example a few times, but for me, it was so nice to really just dive into the tech technical part and learn that alongside of the copywriting slash content writing um, when it came to the marketing world. So the KPIs specifically came from marketing KPIs, the true ones that live in the marketing world. And then when it came to that testing, the gamifying, a lot of it was um, Erin against Erin, really. So it was like last month, this worked. And just for anyone who's listening, SEO is not a something that gives you short and easy answers. So when I say last month, what I really mean is last month when I reviewed the prior six months content data or the prior year, let's say. But last month, I determined X, Y, and Z work. Okay, well, if I can push the bar a little further on that, can I get a better result? Or let me try to do the exact opposite and see what happens. So for tiny businesses, which I am myself, I'm mostly a solopreneur or, you know, potentially like a mini agency with the subcontractors that I have. For businesses like us, we don't have the marketing budgets that other businesses have. So I went from this company where I was traditionally employed and we did small to medium businesses, the content for them. And then I jumped into the freelance world where I worked with immensely huge brands like in the fortune 100 and it was so nice to play with the marketing budgets they had because that's where we learned what worked and what didn't that's where we could take the risk and say i have zero clue if this will work but here's my theory here's my hypothesis let's test it and see what happens because that's where i think you learn to become a great strategist and like i said you have the you have the financial backing to try things and potentially get great success from it so that was fun i like that because it sounds like you have that well-rounded experience because you have what you learn based on experience working for a particular company then you have what you learned working for yourself and as a freelancer, as well as working um, multiple contracts for Fortune 100 company, who you could have that risk aversion to try things without trying it by yourself and not necessarily have the financial backing and be like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I just did that because where am I going to recoup this money from or whatever the case may be. So for anyone out there listening into this conversation, Erin, and they want to, you know, jump into SEO because they want to be ranked as, you know, that top page on Google, or they want their business to get involved in their ideal avatars, pool and web of things. How can they start, you know, with SEO from the ground up, because it does take money to have different tools and resources. Yeah, that's a great question. And honestly, I think that's why I care so much about helping the smaller businesses these days from being one myself and recognizing that 
even though I've done this I've for over six years now, my marketing budget doesn't have as much wiggle room as I'd like it to have in my business. Um, I actually read an article by Neil Patel recently that talked about how like quote unquote bad 2023 was going to be for marketing because there are so many unknowns in the air with the uh, um, economy, with different social media platforms changing and unemployment, things like that. So I in the article, it talked about some ways we can get around our our marketing um, efforts, especially if we're tinier. Like, how do we approach that? And SEO is by far one of the best efforts that someone can put in right now for success later on. Um, as I mentioned earlier, it takes a little while to rank. So if this is all new to you, I say get out there today, this week, and write one thing for your website. Um, a lot of times people will hear me say blog content and they'll like die a little inside because they'll be like, I'm not a writer or I don't know how to do this. And there's so many different ways you can change. Like it doesn't have to be blog. Content is a content. So for example, we're on a podcast right now. Like show notes for a podcast could be content on your website that is SEO optimized. So people can find you, they'll come to your website to read your show notes. Um, and if they're written well, and they're using SEO best practices there, and you use conversion factors where you're trying to um, at lead them on a, a path through other pages of your website, they're going to get into your ecosystem in a way that they couldn't if you didn't know them, right? Like if you're if you're not inviting them in, um, maybe you met them at a networking event or anything like that. So another option is case studies. Like what is the client work that you've done? Uh, what are their wins? What are their things that they're struggling with? Because you can often find keywords that rank well for future good clients based on what your previous clients were struggling with. Um, blog content is still extremely helpful and it does not all have to be DIY. It could be thought leadership. It could be a pro product development ideas. It could be how to use, I know how to, I'm saying right here, but like how to use things in certain ways that either the DIYer can do or someone who's looking to hire out can do. So get started, try to invest in SEO by creating new content if you can. And if you already have content, the easiest cheat here is to go back into your old content and update it. If you never invested in SEO before and you just created content, take the time to come up with um, keyword phrases that you can incorporate into the things you've previously written and then zhuzh up the articles a bit to like make them better to work in 2022, 2023, 2024 if they're older. Uh, yeah, that's a great one. So repurpose content that you already have. Then go look at blog content, look at case studies, and look at different ways that you could have those how-tos or get ahead of the curve to show how you're a subject matter expert and you're also relevant to the current times that we're in and you're thinking outward into the future. Would you say that's a good summary, Erin? A hundred percent. And if anyone's listening and they want like a super quick win, what they could do is just uh, go to their about page. I think it's easy enough to think of a job title like description for your keyword for that page and just update that one page today by making sure it's within the copy itself. And it's in all of the tech things like the meta description, the title, the headers, things like that. That was really great, great um, points there, especially if someone is using like OneNote or oh, wait, what is, I'm drawing a blank. There is this online platform that you could share 
it's like a shared workspace and they also use the metadata in that. And it also makes it easier to search if you do like a control F, if you're using a PC or a command F to search what the metadata is. It's going to come back to me, but that's one reason why it's important to have certain keywords and phrases in there, because if you need to search a document, it'll pick those up. So you could, you know, easily zoom into that particular area, what you're looking for. And it's going to come to me. But anywho, we're going to jump into the next part, Erin, because I know you um, have ADHD. So with the work that you're doing, does your ADHD ever get in the way of that? Oh my goodness, yes. Um, ADHD, from my perspective, and I've been diagnosed for over a decade now. So again, a late life diagnosis, but um, you know, one that I've kind of been able to live in those shoes for a while, unlike other people who may have been getting diagnosed since the pandemic, once they've been able to like potentially reach out to a healthcare provider for other reasons, and then only find out this is something they've experienced. So um, ADHD, I always tell people, is a blessing and a curse. It is a super power and it is kryptonite. So I think where I'm fortunate is, um, like I said, those years to get to know myself, to know where I struggle the most and then put up safeguards in those areas and then go all in on those areas of superhero-ness. So for example, people with ADHD can struggle with both hype, well, can struggle with brain fog, but also have hyper-focus. And if you don't know what hyper-focus is, if you are neurotypical, it is the coolest thing in the world. Like if I could be hyper-focused every day for a short period of time, I would love my life. It basically just means that you can really get into the nitty gritty of what you're doing and spend your time. Um, you know, for example, if I'm doing SEO keyword research, I could spend hours, hours in it and just be so focused on that, that nothing moves me out of that. So when it comes to writing and when it comes to things like research, absolutely, that's what's best for me. Um, but the brain fog is also really hard. And I think that things like potentially if you are on an um, ADHD medication, that helps a lot. I've been both medicated and unmedicated for long periods of time. So um, that could help. And if you choose not to be, it's also setting up sy systems within your life that help you adjust when you are in periods of brain fog. I love that because just because you have ADHD does not mean you're not going to be successful in your business. It just means that sometimes you may need to tweak something in your day-to-day -day activities or find some structure so you could not just survive, but thrive. And the reason why I wanted to ask that is because right now there are certain individuals that are dealing with ADHD and the pharmaceutical companies are having a hard time supplying their different medications. But just because you have ADHD does not mean that you necessarily have to depend on medications. And there's a lot of holistic remedies. I am not a medical provider. So that is my disclaimer. So do what's best for you based on your body, but I'm here to just support you in your ADHD journey, as well as Aaron, to let you know that what you have is, is going to be what helps you thrive because sometimes it's those little things that push you into your purpose and destiny because you find out strengths about yourself that you wouldn't have ordinarily tap into. Do you have anything else to add on to that, Aaron? 
Yeah, I think hyperfocus and brain fog are such an easy thing to quickly understand, but there's so many different dynamics that come into play with ADHD. For example, people who are, have ADHD are better strategy thinkers. They're better in when it comes to the creative parts of their brain. And that plays out so different for so many people. For me, it's that I excel in writing, right? Um, be but the funny thing is, I, I don't, even though I'm we're speaking and we're communicating well, I don't have the best skill of speaking unless it's something that I feel confident about because my brain doesn't tap into that little epicenter, right? So if I have the space to take my thoughts, put them on paper and rearrange them a lot, I do very well. Or if I have a conversation, I can like volley back and forth very well. But if I'm put on the spot and let's say to talk about something that I don't know as well, or I don't feel passionate about, it's kind of like block, like a huge block where I feel less than because I can't get my points out. So it really, it's, I mean, I gave the example of the brain focus and the, um, the brain fog and the hyper focus, cause it's easy to see, but ADHD plays out in all aspects of your life. From a personal perspective, I'm fortunate to have a spouse who has different life skills than I do. Let's just say I am someone who wishes I could be as organized as I want to be in my brain, but unless I have those systems again in place I will just wander my house like after dinner and be like wonder what I should clean wonder what comes next and my my husband does not do that like he if I mean oh gosh I I don't want to give the guy too much credit right now but I wish I could be like him in so many ways right like he gets right to work he knows exactly what needs to happen he jumps in the dishes he jumps to this task and again I you know in in the negative perspective I I have to remind myself not to think think negative thoughts of like Erin you have you have skills in this way all you have to do now system wise for example is ask your spouse hey can you point me in the right direction I'm feeling a little brain foggy today can you point me in the right direction and that's a partnership. So it works out really well for us. And in other ways, like I said, there are things that personally I do excellently. Like I could, um, kids holidays at school, stupid things like that. Like I can like have the coolest like gifts for like holiday cards. Cause we'll do something like very out of the box because my brain can think like that. So there are total pros and cons, but I really just want to echo what you said is diagnoses can be hard for people. I'm just, my as a background, my father is a psychologist. My mother is a nurse. I worked in the mental health field for over probably about 13 years before I jumped into the writing world uh, myself as both a clinician and someone in administration. So I have always looked very like proudly at the mental health world. So my diagnoses did nothing except give me like a, oh, cool. Now we know what to do and we can better our life. Great. Like you have this information about yourself. Let's move forward. But, but for some people who don't have that background, like diagnoses can feel debilitating. And if you are in that moment right now and you're hearing this, just know like it is something I'm very proud of. Uh, most of my, obviously, because I'm talking publicly about it. Many of my clients know this ahead of time. I will bring it up as part of my work systems and it has never impacted my business except in a very good way where like people will say like, I loved working with you for this reason, or you made me feel so prepared about what the communication was like. And the reason I did is because I know that wasn't my strong suit. So I, over time, figured out how to make it a strong suit, even if it was something I struggled with. So 
again, you're listening, just know that I'm also not a medical provider, so I can't help you make decisions about how you handle your ADHD, but I can absolutely encourage you to know that it can be a struggle, but it is something that, you know, I'm grateful for. Yes. And I love that you come from a background where you did have some, some insights, uh, psychology wise, as well as nursing. And then you also went into the field. So now you're able to help someone that is going through that because you have had some exposure to it, even though you're not quote unquote, a person of a medical background. And I love how you, how you took it and said, this is what I have, but this does not limit me because I want to let the audience know that just because you have a certain label, that label does not define you. That label should refine you because you aren't what that label calls you. You are who you are. And who you are is not to fit into various societal norms. It's not to check a box. It's not for you to be like, oh, this is all I'll ever be. No, it is to help you realize this is a certain area in my life that I'm dealing with, but this is not a period. This is just a pause to help me continue down the road that I'm going on. And the reason why I asked Erin this is because even though she's dealing with that personally, it's filled into her professional life and the work that she does, because it does take a lot of time whenever you're looking at strategies, whenever you're copywriting, whenever you're writing or whatnot. And sometimes we as individuals, and I'm going to put myself in that, we can go down a rabbit hole and get lost with various things. But it's how do we crawl out of that rabbit hole to get ourselves back into focus and look out ahead of us versus looking too far to the left, too far to the right or behind. So now, Erin, as we begin to wind down, I want to ask you, is there any questions that I did not ask you pertaining to SEO, the work that you're doing or your podcast that you want to share with the audience before we jump into the CTA, which is the call to action? Yeah, I would say no, not specifically, but if I could give a high level overview of the importance of SEO and your website like as a whole, I just like to really remind people that it is the foundation of your business. No matter what marketing efforts you take, like moving forward, everyone will come back to your website. Social media, what happens? You have that link in bio that they go back to your website. They find you at a networking event, they go back to your website, right? So I just want to remind people that I see so often people saying, oh, don't like, this is my my job. This is what I can do. But don't go look at my website. It needs updating. Guys, and update your websites. And I understand it. I have been there. Trust me. I empathize with you. But take an effort once a week to treat yourself like a client. If it's updating the messaging on your site, do that first. After that, look at how you can do SEO for one page at a time. After that, look at how you can bring testimonials one page at a time. So that's, I mean, I'm, I know I'm preaching a little bit here, but I would say like really pay attention to that because all of those other marketing efforts that you do are quote unquote temporary. And I hate to say that, but I mean like you're not always going to be on the same social media platforms. You're not always going to say the same thing in email marketing, but your home for your business is your website. Yes. And you actually gave them information that is attainable and doable because you're telling them to bite it apart in various chunks. Like your about section, look at your website as a whole, do this part, 
then work on the next page versus tackling everything all at once because it could feel overwhelming. So just take it piece by piece until you get it up to the area where everything is done. So I love that you added that because it's so important. And I love the fact that you said your website is your home base because that's where people go to learn about that individual to see, okay, is this person right for me? Is this somebody that I want to work with? So let's jump into the CTA and then I will end off with part of the lyrics from Lizzo, Truth Hurts. So what is your call to action for the audience? Yeah, I mean, if you're listening to this and you like what I have to say, I would absolutely love it if you found your way over to my podcast. I like to do my podcast in what I call mini series. So right now we just finished an email marketing five episode series where we talked about pretty much how to grow your email list all the way through sales and technology. In the past, we've done customer experience. We've done website pages, SEO. In the future, we have things like social media, ads, um, goal setting, and um, uh, bringing, thing in, bringing things in like search for Pinterest, YouTube, TikTok, and all of these different search-based efforts that people don't think about when they strategically think about normal SEO. So I'd love for you to just join me over there because I think there's you can learn a lot. And I'm always around to answer people's questions when it comes to the podcast, if they've listened on social media afterward. Woohoo! And plug that website one more time. And what is your primary go-to social media platform? Uh, right now, I've been spending most of my time on Instagram, but I'm really taking a leap very soon with TikTok. I have like a whole mini kind of strategy, which is like a, a non-strategy if you look at it, but it's like how I want to show up. And I'm just going to give it a short-term test to see if it's something I like. And that's what I recommend to anyone who's listening. If you want to try out a, a social media platform, set a goal, 30 days, less, whatever, and see, does this feel right for me? And am I getting getting any traction from it. Yes, trial by error. You never know what's on the other side unless you try. And now let me jump into these Lizzo lyrics. It's going to be this one stanza. And let me know if this is the one that you were talking about. It says, why men great till they gotta be yes. great? Don't text me, tell it straight to my face. Best yes. friend sat me down in the salon chair. Shampoo, press, get your, get you out of my hair. Fresh photos with the bomb lighting. New man on the Minnesota Vikings. Vikings yep. Truth hurts. Needed something more exciting. Boom, bomb, boom, 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 Yep, that is exactly it. Yes. I I spend a lot of time. I don't know why I'm like associating my kitchen to Lizzo, but like me, I do. I spend a lot of time with that in my kitchen with this very loud, as if I am like having these problems. I've been married for a long time now, so like, no, I don't have a new man on the Minnesota Vikings, but I sing this song as if I did. And we are not singers. That's another disclaimer here. We're just two gals trying to chat it up and have fun. So just take that with a grain of salt. If you don't know that song, it's by Lizzo and it's called Truth Hurts. And that was just a small piece. So I hope you enjoyed this segment. We just like to have fun. Make sure you like, comment, subscribe, and follow. We're on 40 plus audio platforms. The video is on YouTube. All you have to do is go to Gems with Genesis Amaris Kemp. 
And lastly, but not least, where would I be without my supporters? You know I only think about you. No, I am not a singer once again. That is a remix from Ja Rule. I just remixed it to my own words. I want to thank each one of you for supporting us because it takes incredible supporters like you to come into the community to let us know what you like, what you didn't like. And because of you, it also drives up metrics so other people can learn about topics that are educational, inspirational, motivational, while also weaving in D-E-I-M-B, diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging, because it takes all of us coming together to make this world a better place. So my big ask, A-S-K, is for brand sponsors. Because let's be honest, it takes the money to make the world go round and round. So if you like what you heard and you want to be part of the mission and movement to bring on subject matter guests like Aaron, support other things that need to be done behind the scenes, reach out to me by sending me an email at gemswithgenesisamarskamp at gmail.com. And it's easy to remember because it's the full name of the show at gmail.com. Until next time, peace, love, and lots of blessings. Have yourself an amazing day and bet on you because if you don't take a shot on you, don't expect the world to do it. You are your greatest asset. So act like it. Thank you for listening to another segment of GEMS Podcast. Hope you enjoyed this recording. Make sure you like, comment, share, and subscribe to GEMS Podcast on your audio platform as well as our YouTube channel gems with genesis amaris kemp we would love for you to be a sponsor so please reach out via email at gems g-e-m-s with w-i-t-h genesis g-e-n-e-s-i-s amaris a-m-a-r-i-s kemp k-e-m-p at gmail.com where your brand your swag Your services can be here on GEMS Podcasts.